You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Smash After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424. 424- 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Smash After Show. Hey, everybody, Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Smash, Season 2, Episode 6. I am Tamara Berg. I'm joined in studio by Kristen Snyder. Oh, or Schultz. Schultz. Kristen Carroll. Kristen Carroll, Kristen Schultz. Kristen Snyder. I'm Kristen Snyder, actually, yeah, another show. She did Revolution with me, and she just gave up Okay, well, anyway, enough about her. Let's talk about you. Kristen Carroll's in studio with me. I also have, I even wrote it down wrong. It's a little late, it's fine. Yes. Kendra Cabasal. Hello. And Sarah Mendoza. Hello. I'm we've, Phil's Vitae. <laughs> we've got John Comerford on the sofa. And we have Stephen Lemieux humming the booth for us. Stephen. How's it going, guys? Thanks, Steve. Okay. Well, we right at the top want to say that we've got a special guest calling in very soon if he's not on the line right now. Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Sam on the show, is calling in. Um, We are super excited to have him back. Kendra and I had a chance to interview him last season. Had a wonderful time interviewing him and uh, we feel like he's our good friend now. Yeah, I think he'll he'll vouch for that. Yes, I think so too. I think so too. So so we'll talk a little bit um, just as we're waiting for him to call in and then we'll just go back to our topics. But I wanted to first basically just talk about the three shows this week with this week's episode because um, the, the the episode of, of Smash oh look we've got him already calling in Leslie are you there I'm right here hey how are you I'm so good how are you ladies long time now I know, I know. <laughs> we're so happy to hear your voice are you on the east coast right now no, I'm in L.A. Oh, you are! He's on our That's time. That's why yeah. we get to talk to you, as opposed to 3 o'clock in the morning, like we thought we were yeah. talking with you. I know. That'd be so gangster. I'd, I'd get more points with you if I stayed up, because I should have told you I was on the, on the East you, Coast. That would have been more gangster. <laughs> I should have said he was in London. Right. That right. Oh, yeah. Y'all Next time. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Well, we're so excited to have you on the phone with us. Last time we talked, you were walking down the street in New York and getting recognized while we were interviewing you. Wasn't that so funny? Like, literally, like, the second or third time that it ever happened. And I got to do it while I was on the phone with you guys. Live with us. It was so great. So one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is you have some news to talk about of your very own. I do. Tell us. I am... Very excited to announce the development of my um, my debut album. I uh, am on Kickstarter right now, trying to raise the money, and uh, 
it is the most exciting thing creatively that I've ever, you know, embarked upon. I, you know, so much of my career, most of my career is asking other people to use me and use my talents. And what I've learned um, from Smash and from other things is that when you work on other people's stuff, they're going to use you uh, and your talents as they see fit. And that's not, that doesn't always jive with necessarily what you think you should be doing or, or using you to the best of your abilities as you see them. So this is my very first um, independent project, and I am so excited. Have you started recording already? We have. We've recorded a few things, but um, we're, you know, we're really taking our time, and we, we're, we have the time. So uh, the, the timeline is so beautiful the way my producers laid it out. He actually, do you guys know Eden Espinosa? No. No, I, no not. A, yeah. She's a, your, your listeners might. She's a Broadway chick, you know, Big Brother. So she did Wicked and Brooklyn, and her husband actually produced her independent album. And for years, people have been saying that I should record, and, you know, why don't I record my own thing? And it never, you know, partly I, I think I... I wasn't ready to say anything yet as a man and as an artist, and I'm finally ready. And also I heard the quality of what he did with Eden's album, um, who happens to be his wife, and I took the meeting. And so, um, we, yes, we have started to record stuff, but Joseph is all about taking our time. You know, he, we're not going to put out, you know, it's not a rush job. You know, so the album we're shooting for a fall 2013 release, but that gives us plenty of time to, you know, to deconstruct things. And if something's not working, throw it out and start over again, because I respect, you know, people's money and people's time, you know, so I, I don't want to waste either. I don't want to waste your money that you're going to donate to the project, and I don't want to waste your time and listening to it. So that's where I'm at. So are they all original songs or plan to be original songs so far on the album? There's not. There's a couple originals, but um, I, uh, you know, one of my favorite things, I, I do, you know, the, the cabaret and sort of, you know, the solo cabaret circuit a lot as well, because that fits in with the brand, with the Broadway stuff and with the standards. So this album is the album that Sammy Davis Jr. or Nat King Cole might make today. And, you know, I grew up listening to those guys. You know, I mean, those guys taught me how to sing. And there's literally nobody on the scene that you can point to today. There's no black man, black male Michael Buble. There's no black male Josh Groban. And that, that doesn't mean that there's not young black kids just like me who want to hear that type of music, who want to see somebody who sings that type of music that looks like them. There's just, you know, nobody out there that's doing it. And the majors aren't really interested in it. You know, the majors aren't really interested in backing a project like mine. Not yet, anyway. You know, we'll, so we'll, we'll do the first one on, on our own. We'll do the second one on our own if we have to, too. But, you know, just to show people that it works, because a lot of times when you're pitching something new or something that they haven't seen in a while, you know, people just, they don't think it'll work. <laughs> That's incredibly yeah. exciting. And what a great hook, uh, uh, what a great description of what yeah. of what it is you're doing. John, you're a big Nat King uh, Cole King fan. Nat King Cole is my favorite of all time. By the way, this is John. It's good to meet you. And hey, John. I, yes, <laughs> Nat King Cole has always been my favorite. I've always said if I could come back and do it again, I would do it as, as Nat King Cole. <laughs> you, it, wow. I mean, he's the best. Right? He is. It's, he's the best. There's nobody smoother. Like nobody oh, smoother. Come on, man. Except Kabatier. maybe Leslie now. Come on. That's Kabatier. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I am so excited to hear this because, uh, again, he's my favorite. I can't wait to hear what you have to say and, and how it's going to so sound. Yeah, it's going to be point. wonderful. 
Yeah, we're doing, you know, uh, and like I said, it's the album that they would make today. So we are really taking our time and flushing out the sound because those guys, for their time, were cutting edge. You know, they were on the cusp of what was contemporary. So this is not a throwback album. This is how you reach, how how do we not let a song like Lush Life die? Mm -hmm. How do we reach the contemporary audience with Lush Life? You know, we want to say something about our time now with the, with these with you know these songs that are the greatest songs that have, that have ever been written really you know so that's definitely exciting and i know it's it's a few more months before you're going to be releasing your album but do you have any plans for that album release maybe like a party or a concert or something that or i think sarah I wants an invite hopefully it's in los angeles you better believe it. Yeah, we're doing a huge party in L.A., a huge party in New York. And then part of the Kickstarter thing is also that people can, you know, you can pull together, you know, all the resources at your church or at your community center. And we'll do a, re- a release party in Kansas, a release party nice. in Idaho. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're absolutely going to celebrate real big because to do something like an independent venture for, you know, especially for somebody who, like I said, you know, all I've done is, you know, and it's been wonderful things, but Grey's Anatomy and CSI Miami and, uh, you know, Smash, of course, and Red Tail. It's always somebody else's thing. So um, we're going to celebrate uh, the hard work, I'm sure, that this project is going to entail and, you know, just getting to the top of this mountain, you know, with, with the support of the community. Mm-hmm. So we're going to celebrate big, believe it. Do you have any collaborations on the album that you're working with? Is there going to be yes. duets or anything of that sort? Yes, yes, yes. Ooh. You know, I haven't said anything. I, I I can take this time to announce them here, I guess. I haven't said anything. Wait, we have um, an After Buzz exclusive? <laughs> do we have sound for that, Stephen? right now. <laughs> yeah. Because what I'm going to do is... Um, uh, you know, I'm going to announce them um, later on as well so that, you know, get people excited about them, you know, again, sure, mid- sure. midway through the Kickstarter um, raising the money. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a duet with my wife <gasps> oh, right nice. now. We have um, uh, our YouTube video. on. We did a, we did a cover of Rihanna's uh, Stay. And, um, you know, it's got like 10,000 hits. And, you know, we just did that. We were, I, we had a, we, it was Valentine's Day and we were shoot, I was shooting Smash and I had, I was in my trailer for like 10 hours waiting to be, literally waiting to be used. And so we just, you know, hit record and recorded that thing and people really responded to it. So we're going to do a duet together. Um, I'm going to do, you know, uh, do you guys know Ty Taylor? Mm-hmm. His band right now is called Vintage Trouble, but Ty Taylor, he was, um, He's just a brilliant singer and an artist that I've looked up to literally for, you know, half of my life. He went, he's a Carnegie Mellon alum as well. And, um, you know, he was a black man that I could look to in this industry who kind of sounded like me. And I mean, like I, I tell Ty all the time, he was my hope. You know, I listened to, I mean, like, you know, it was damn near close to sleeping with his, you know, CD under the pillow. I mean, he really was my hope. And Ty is Ty wrote an original song for me for this album. That is just the most gorgeous thing. It's the most gorgeous thing you guys are gonna flip when you hear it. So yeah. How did that feel when somebody that you've admired for so long was is now writing your song for your album? That must have been. You have to take a step back. You know, you have to take a step back and and take a breath um, because yeah, the the tremendous goodwill that is already surrounding this project and, um, you know, people coming out of the woodworks and just wanting, you, you know, you ladies, you know, 
Kendra hitting me up and like, you know, come on the show and talk about your, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That is like, you know, not everybody can give money, but you know, that kind of support and that kind of, you know, that kind of love is just, it's just invaluable and I'll never, ever forget it ever. Um, now you mentioned your wife, you are a newlywed, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that correct? Yeah. You are not mistaken. I got married December 1st. Right. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Congratulations to you both. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, tell us about yeah. the Kickstarter campaign. How, how much are you going to raise? How close are you to your goal? We, it's been up for two days. And mm-hmm. we have a, it's, it's been up for two days. It's, it's going to run for 30 days. And we have $30,000 to raise minimum. Um, we'd always, of course, if we overraise, we will find wonderful places to use. Because, and that is... $30,000 really is, when you talk about the quality of this of this project, um, it, that is really the bare minimum. I mean, I want to pay my musicians. I want to pay, you know, for the studio time and for the arrangements and, and the mixing and the mastering is so expensive. So I want to put something in your hands that sounds like, that is worthy of the money that you're donating. So 30000 is really the minimum that we can do it for. We're all, we've already exceeded the goals both days. You know, we need to raise about $1,000 a day. Right. So um, right at this have, moment, you're at $2,401 we're seeing with 44 right. backers. So that's pretty exciting. That's right. Very uh, exciting. We have a concert planned for April 6th at the Coterie in Los Angeles in Hollywood. It's April 6th at the Coterie at 8 p.m. Um, there's also a VIP reception at 7 p.m. if you want to get into that. But those tickets go on sale tomorrow and the next day. That's, that's strictly a fundraiser. We're, I'm going to do an hour of stuff. Um, my wife will be with me uh, a piano. I'm very excited about that show as well. I haven't, I've never done a solo show in Los Angeles, ever. So, you know, this is, it's a whole bunch of firsts. Wow, that's incredibly exciting. Um, yeah. I was just, uh, yeah, hi, it's Kendra. Hey, Leslie. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Uh, congratulations on everything. Uh, we also see Thanks. that the pledges actually, um, people can get prizes, right, for each level? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, you know what, there's so many, uh, uh, you know, not to get all spiritual on your behinds at, you know, <laughs> 11.32 at night. But, um, <laughs> there's also... There's also, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is happening. Um, you know, I'm a spiritual guy. You know, I believe in God and I believe in destiny and, and, and kind of right right time, you know, right moment, right time kind of thing. And um, there's things that are lining up with this that I just, we didn't plan. But, um, yeah, I just got, it'll be announced that in the next couple of days as well. I got offered a new off-Broadway show in New York that I'm going to go do in the in the spring. Um, I can't say what it is yet, but it's <laughs> so exciting. Um, it's the role. It's a role that I've been waiting for for my entire career. I mean, as you guys can see, I mean, you know, Smash kind of got rid of me for a lot of the season. I come back next week. Yes. I have a number yeah. and everything, but you know, I've been waiting for so long to be used. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I'm here. You come. You bring everything you have to the table, and you just want somebody to use it. This show that I'm going to do in New York is about to use it. So we have um, we have opportunities online for people to buy tickets. One of the rewards is that if you pledge $125, you get a ticket to the show, you get a meet and greet after. Um, you also get signed copies of the CD and everything like that. So we have that. We have um, 
tickets for the album release parties that are coming up. We have tickets for the Coterie show. We've got, you know, oh yeah, we will, we'll, I'll sing a, uh, a, a video dedication to someone that you love or to you. I'll give you, you know, I'll record a song for you on my, you know, on my computer and send it to you. There's so many ways, you know, that I can, that I can give back for what you're giving me. You know, the bottom line is though, that I, I kind of, you know, the only way I can really repay you is by putting my whole heart and soul into this album and making it something that is worthy, like I said, of your time and your money. And that I'm going to do, you know. Well, you have so many, uh, again, to, you know, echo your spirituality. Uh, you have so many gifts to offer. And, um, Thank you. And, and, you know, there are wonderful things that are available on the Kickstarter um, campaign. And so, you know, I know that everybody in the studio right here is getting figuring out how much we can give. <laughs> you know, what, what do we want? How much can we give? Um, also, yeah. while we're while we're just talking to you, can we can we mention your charity that you've supported? The, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I usually support my, my best friend from college. He's yes. my best man at my wedding. I've known him for so long. It's called the Uganda. It's not called the Uganda Project, but it's called Uganda Project. No, the um, UgandaProject.com. They, he, you know, we were 23 years old and he went to Uganda on a missions trip and came back and told me he'd adopted, you know, 11 kids. I thought he was nuts. Mm-hmm. But he has managed to um in uganda education is not free so if you want to go to fifth grade you have to pay for it if you want to go to eighth grade you have to pay for it and that you know is a daunting sort of you know request when if you know if you happen to be a kid who's orphaned you know from aids or if you're a kid whose parents don't have the money so griffin um i've seen him you know take real action and you know it's not it's, you know, there's, there are huge problems all over the world, yeah. you know, but this is, so this isn't somebody that's trying to, he's not trying to save the world. He's trying to help 11 kids at a time. <laughs> you know, so it is a very real and practical way. I've given money to them for years. I'm happy to. Um, I have too, I, not for I, years, but since you noted it to me, I did too. <laughs> yeah, they, they do, they do beautiful work and you can, you know, they have kids now that have graduated from college and then they uh, bring in new kids and stuff. So, you know, it's just a real practical way to see your money at work. That's yeah. fantastic. But, well, now tell us, how do we find the Kickstarter program? Do we? Yes, kickstarter.com kickstarter.com and you can search for Leslie Odom Jr. or you can search for Leslie Odom. It's the debut album project. It's very easy to find. Excellent. Or you can, you know, if, you, if you're having a problem, find me on Twitter, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, find me on Facebook, Leslie Odom Jr. and I will direct you. Perfect. And uh, just quickly before we let you go, you're back next week on Smash. Everyone's been missing Sam. Yes. Uh, just quickly, how can you summarize what we're going to see next week? Next week, we're going to see Sam return from the road. Um, I, he's back for good. I won't tell you how he gets back for good, but I will tell you Ooh. that I get to sing my first solo. Um, <gasps> it's an original Mark, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman tune. Um, it's, you know, it's, and, and they wrote it. They, they kind of knew what my plans were for the future. So it's, it's very much a song that Nat would have recorded, uh, very much a song that Sammy would have recorded. It's called Tomorrow Tonight, big band kind of sound, and I, and I get my own number. So if you're on the fence about donating, 
Maybe you wait until next week. That's not what I have to offer. There you go. If you want to give, yeah. Nice sell. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so exciting. Well, Leslie, it sounds like everything is just coming up roses for you. We're so looking yeah. forward to your work next week in the show and in the album to come in the fall. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. And My hopefully we'll Thank get to talk to me. you again soon. Best of luck to you in everything. And we'll talk to you soon. Perfect. You guys have a great night. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. See, this is why we think he's our good friend. He's so he's <laughs> so, so, nice. personable so personable and so charming. He's such a sweetheart. He really is. He really is. I'm so sitting here trying to figure out. I can't. I know I can't make the five thousand dollar donation. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the one where he could serenade a oh, loved one maybe. and then send it to me. We should no. all like oh, pitch okay. in to get the big Kidding. prize. Right. <laughs> exactly. Pitch in to get Kendra a love song. Yeah. There it is. There, there it is. is. Okay. So I'll now we need to be very focused in the rest of our conversation tonight because we have spent 20 <laughs> glorious minutes talking to Leslie Odom Jr. and we now need to get back to Smash. So let's talk about the first show of of, of the episode, um, Liaisons, Dangerous Liaisons with um, Tom, not Tom, uh, Terry. Terry and Ivy. And mm-hmm. Ivy. So and Terry wanting somebody to have some pox. <laughs> <laughs> Opening scene. Just one pox? Maybe. So just one pack. So it's it's you know it's a sinking ship. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. The show's a mess, and Ivy makes the makes the bold, bold suggestion thing, yeah. that you know if we're going to go down, let's go down in flames and let's have fun doing it. What do you guys think about her decision to make that suggestion and if, Terry's decision to take it? If they both want to leave, can't hurt anything, and it actually turned out well. People were laughing in the audience. Although I think my reaction was the same as Karen's where she was just like, <gasps> had her mouth open yeah. and going, what is going on? But she enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny that they called Ivy the Terry Whisperer. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, kind of, funny. she kind of is. Yeah. Um, she's able to persuade him in a way that, well now, he's not, like, he's not offended by it. He kind of like takes it in and, right. and does something about the critique. Right. I, I thought that um, it was actually really funny. Yes, very crude, but I, I, I felt it was very entertaining. Well, when, you know, I mean, I, I had a question about this because I was furiously writing notes as we were watching it, so I'm going to have to watch it again to really get the whole gist of it. But, I, you know, that it was beautifully choreographed to be very raunchy and very well not very raunchy but to be raunchy and kind of suggestive body Body, Mm -hmm. that's the word I was looking for thank you Um, so do you think that we were watching sort of a fantasy version of what he wanted it to be because that was so well choreographed I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that you know the idea that, that he was going over together, like exactly. That. If he was going to do this over the top, let's go down in flames sort of number, it was very well choreographed mm-hmm. for that. So were we watching a dream sequence? Hey, those are, they're or pros. They're Broadway pros. <laughs> I'm just suspending my disbelief once they're again. Just, Is that it? They're well, reading off of each other. They're oh, just, yeah. it was just <laughs> massive collaboration and improvisation. Well, yeah, they had pre- they oh, had rehearsed though the the thing with the goat or not goat? Excuse me, with the with the sheep. So maybe that was the original weird choreography Geography combined with freestyle. what they had, yeah, with freestyle. But if you remember, they were like, he, she, uh, he asked her, should we go back to the original way? And she goes, yeah, 
sort of. You know, yeah, so yeah. I think that's where it went. I I particularly mm-hmm. liked when he shot into the air and a dummy fell from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> that was, <laughs> were you going to say I'm just going to say you, know, you you do have to suspend your disbelief. It just it's such a good a number. Lot. You just enjoy it because you, you knew as soon as he fell that okay, well that was the last last yeah. thing they're going to do with that number. Yeah, it was great fun though. The yeah, the costumes great. were fabulous and, and and if you got nothing to lose, you should go for it. What mm-hmm. the heck? You yeah, know, you're getting cr- right. creamed by the everybody and all the critics and everybody might, might as well go all out yeah and why it was, not it was out already out in the open everyone was just you know let it all hang out they were being honest it right. was horrible what he was doing so why not just be stress free and let it let it all hang out say la vie right <laughs> yeah say la vie and it, it was so well choreographed I was thinking maybe it was some maybe it was sort of like that already mm-hmm. but he just went even crazier with yeah. it and improvised with the Motorboating, motorboating, booty <laughs> slapping. So funny. And but, the, the, the bongo <laughs> drums on the boobs. The poor girl's going to have a bruise there out. later. I know. I think a couple of us in the room were like, ouch, we oh, felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone uh, except John. I, I except John. Okay. <laughs> yeah. no, maybe John. Huh? No. No. Well, normally we talk about the songs at the end of the show, but since we only have two songs, let's talk about the song. Um, hey, French Canadian. Oh, is it no. pas my fault? <laughs> Okay. And Kendra so really likes that. I love it. Sorry. It's, it's funny. She's Are you more, kidding? She's more into French. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> As you were. As a song, I thought it was well, a well-crafted musical theater, you know, romp, yeah. um, funny lyrics, mm-hmm. um, silly. I'm wondering if the whole show was like that. That might be a hit. I mean, would it? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Controversial, yeah. but that makes a hit. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's very committee, though, aren't they? That was, yes. Know, was great stuff. Yes. Is there a French version of committee, though, aren't they? Probably, but okay. I don't know. I don't je, speak French. Je, je comédie. Yeah, okay. I'll, um, I'll leave that for Kendra. <laughs> she just said, I comedy. <laughs> I comedy. Translation. I'm only in my first French lesson. I just started yesterday, so I can't do oh. that stuff. Yes. Oh, cool. I really like the use of the swings in that number. Yeah. Yes. It was really yeah. fun choreography with everybody floating everywhere and chaos and yes. craziness going on. Was that? Except when he fell off of the swing. Yeah. I thought it was nice that she said, if we're going to go down, let's go down in flames. And then he ends up and then going down. down. <laughs> yes. yes. Call and a psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah. And then again, reference to his meds yeah. with the psychiatrist. I need a clonopin. <laughs> very I, funny. Very silly. Yes. I was just sad if that's the end, though. There is not going to be a Deborah Messing yeah. run. She wasn't uh, even at the opening. Which no, I was you're weird. right. There was, was no Sean Hayes and Deborah Messing that's reunion. True. I thought, I thought that was for sure strange. they would at least bump into each other on the street, just you know, look at each other like, oh, I don't I. No. And then yeah, just move on. that would be so funny. Just something Unless fun like he that. It'd be cheesy but funny. Yeah, but you know, you could get away with it. I mean, yeah. What if he comes probably, begging for a job on Bombshell though? <laughs> the new Joe DiMaggio is uh, Terry. He'd probably be doing the lighting. We're so. suspending disbelief all over the place. I suppose <laughs> that could happen. Let's move on to Hit List. Um, all right. So we've got Hit List coming in. Last week we were introduced to Scott, played by Jesse L. Martin, who is the director, artistic director of the Manhattan Theater Workshop, coming in and sort of his white horse saving the day yeah. with Hit List, saying, I like your show, I want to do it. And Derek... Um, indicating that he's going to be the director. And then we get a little further into it. The show looks like it's not really working because 
Anna is in the lead. Wow. Yeah. Mm. They're tried. missing their star. <laughs> she tried. She, yeah. She wasn't bad. She, 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 she was pretty good. She was meh. She was just meh. To quote, <laughs> to quote Sean Hayes. M-E-H. She was meh. She was meh. <laughs> and then they're also not putting together, as, as we see later, they're not putting together a show. And he makes a really good point. Um, it was Scott, right? Um, the artistic yes. director Scott. said mm-hmm. that he has to make sure he keeps in mind his older you know, subscribers, subscribers because, honestly, I mean, if you go to most theaters, it is an older crowd, and those are the ones that get your season tickets and stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of young... I just went to go see a show at the Pantages the other day. And I, I know. I saw it on Twitter that you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I think your my, pictures were very cute. Oh, thank you. My boyfriend and I were like the youngest people there, and not that young. Hey, catch me if you can. Yeah. Wow. I see I thought it, I would have thought that show would attract a young audience because I mean, it it's was, a musical and it was more than the average, but it was still I would say the medium age is around it was, you know, high forties. Hmm. So Venom, Well, I mean th- those are the people who have the money. One. You yeah. know? Yeah. They I was just gonna say discretionary Venom. income. Oh, to this, afford this. Well that's but, true. If yeah. I didn't get it for Christmas, I I didn't get a season, you know, ticket holder for Christmas, I wouldn't be able to go. I might pick one or two. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, all of a sudden, when Karen Cartwright appears, it, it, it appeals to every age group. Right, because she skews younger herself, but, yeah. but has a classic... More mature. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, they changed that one song, though, as well. This week's end. song or last week's song? Uh, this one. Okay. When she um, came, that new song that we saw, the rewrite. To help with the theme, to um, articulate the theme. The story, theme. yeah, exactly. So they bring her in, which, yeah, she does relate. And she has more of a presence, at least, mm-hmm. based on what we've seen on stage. Um, although I can address, I had a small problem with her in this particular song. I thought the, I thought the band washed her out a little bit. Um, but... Usually on stage, she has a really big presence. And what we saw at Anna at the very beginning of the episode, she was okay. <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah. you know, and I think they do yeah. that on purpose, obviously. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And washed Karen out maybe at first on purpose, too. To just because she was kind of uncomfortable, you know, transitioning maybe. Could have been. I just felt like Jimmy went up there and you could hear his voice so much clearer over the band than you could Karen. That that was just a note mm-hmm. I, I personally saw. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was on purpose or if that just was the song or what, what was going on with that. Let's talk about the dynamics that were going on with um, with the, the stars and the directors of all the shows. So in this case, with Hit List, Derek was talking to Tom and saying, basically, you've got what I want and you're wasting it. And then he turns to Jimmy and sa- Jimmy, right? And he yeah. says, you know, and you're wasting your talent because Good you're chance. not. Right, exactly. Because you're not uh, taking advantage of this right. opportunity. Because Jimmy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just so young and stupid. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's what he is. Very foolish. No, it's he's it's just so, foolish because well, he clearly doesn't have the life experience to know what a chance it is mm-hmm. he has. Even though people in every episode, people keep telling him, "You well, have an amazing yeah. opportunity well, here, and you're yeah. losing it." But mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's not one writer that doesn't rewrite. Oscar yeah. winners, Tony winners, they all rewrite. Because mm-hmm. rarely do you get anything great out of the gate. I mean, I have a great, great kernel, but it's always, all writing is rewriting. Every great novelist mm-hmm. will tell you that. I think that's that demonstrates how green he is. Yeah. He doesn't realize. Yeah. You know. Although the author of Gran Torino, the screenwriter of Gran Torino, right. delivered it to Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood said, I'm shooting it oh, exactly yeah, but as written. 
Absolutely, but the, what he what he eventually gave to uh, was, not his, was not his first draft, draft, of course, of course. So, no, that's a good point. Of course, rewriting is re- writing is rewriting. Um, at the end of the show, we had a song, the rewrite the story. Jimmy sang with Karen, and you spoke about that. What did you guys think about that song? I thought it was fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really. I, I mean, I thought it was. I liked the arrangement again. Mm-hmm. I liked the harmonies in the end when they were singing together. It surprised me that Karen was that came, she came into the song because it seemed like it was going to be a solo mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Performance-wise, because they're in such a small theater space, I really liked that they, um, in a modern way, made it seem like they were in a bigger space by using the screens mm-hmm. behind them yes. because they've got the backdrop moving or the film, you know. The shots of the video of uh, the town or whatever, the city, as he's supposedly walking through it. But it was also really cool because he was pretending to smoke a cigarette, right, Right. while he was singing. Mm -hmm. And when he drops it on the ground to do the cigarette squash with your foot thing. I don't know what you call that. (laughs) You saw it happen on the screen. So it was just such a cool artistic um, visually, it was very cool. Karen had a, an effect like that yeah, as well. She was, she was holding something. holding her mu- CD. No, it no, it was like her. papers. It was yeah, paper of some reading. sort. And then behind it, it fell yeah. down when she dropped it down as well. So yeah, it was a really cool device to see. Mm-hmm. Um, nice theatrical device. I like the the uh, well the articulation of the theme. How do I rewrite the story? Because I didn't know how they were going to uh, get the theme across about reinvention and all that other stuff. But I like the the the, the double play. Well, actually, it's a triple play of the the languages. How do I rewrite the story? How, same thing as how do right. I rewrite this song? How do I read that, rewrite the story with you, Karen? Now that I see you differently, how do I? You know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to rewrite their story. That's kind of what. Probably is about too is a reinvention. So I just like that it played on very many different levels. Yeah, talk about having a loud and clear theme yeah. there. Yeah. Right. I, I actually thought this reminded me of the opening of Bombshell before when all the girls are kind of in their own spaces yes. and worlds and they're not really talking to each other. Yes. But sort of they are. Mm-hmm. And it felt like Jimmy and, and um Karen were doing that in this performance too, yeah. because they they quite they weren't quite in the same world, but they were singing about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, they weren't actually looking at each other. It was as if they were maybe like dreaming about this connection. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's the way I saw it at least. But I thought it was cool. It it, it reminded me of that performance. So then I was thinking like, oh, this is a Derek show. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, and good Derek point. made sure Jimmy knew that. <laughs> but yeah. then at the end of it, what we found out is that um, the main stage mm-hmm. was there. So they, in in their process of rewriting and reinvention, they were granted the you know the thing that they were doing this for, the goal that they wanted, which was to be on the main stage. So, uh, you know the 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 process mm-hmm. got its reward. But then we have we see Jimmy falling in love again with Karen, asking her out to a drink, which I heard lots of response in the screening room when it happened. <laughs> Are you talking about me? <laughs> Possibly. He's like a little boy. He's in just, what way? In that, well, uh, he yeah, pouts. Childish. <laughs> he pouts every five seconds when he doesn't get his way. Yeah, indeed. And then when when everything's going fine and dandy, and he sees a piece of candy in front of him, like Karen, <laughs> he just wants it and he thinks he can have it. Candy will pay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't think he can handle her. No. At all. No. Kendra, do you have an opinion? I still don't on get this? how she's into him. Yeah, that's what I have to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these four lovely ladies, and I'm going. Please tell me what 
<laughs> what is this? Every girl goes through a bad boy phase, maybe. Yeah, but you go with somebody bad... you know is bad. And I think also, I think she's more attracted. This is going to come out really bad. I think she's way more attracted <laughs> to on. his yeah. talent uh-huh. um, than anything. The fact that he has a great voice and he can write songs and all of that. And I think sometimes we she had a guy uh-huh. before the end that had no drama. Right. And now she's liking a guy that has a lot of drama. And she can't see that Derek's right in front of her. Can I, can I ask That's you a perfect. question? That's so... <laughs> Because she obviously is in love with this talent and and other things, but can being in love with that or the idea of that, can that really overcome how insufferable he is? (laughs) (laughs) At the the beginning, I think it can. I think you get one-sided and that's Uh all you think about. Okay. But it's going to wear out. Okay. She's going to see that Jimmy's a jerk and hopefully, unless she's way more ignorant than I a lot of a lot of women have not well a lot of women have the problem of thinking they can change a man because they're very hopeful and most of us really believe in the good of others you know so I just don't no sorry I just don't think she's thinking of changing him I think she's I think she just believes in the in the good side of him and in his and admires his talent and she focuses on that so ferociously rather than remembering what well, a jerk. Talk he about is. suspension it's, of disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty typical in a relationship. You know, they talk about how there was a quote I read somewhere that you know all those things you find really charming about your loved one in the beginning when you're just dating are the things that you want to kill them for. You know, <laughs> seven months what, down what, the line or whoa, whatever. What, what yeah. are you? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but, you know, it's rose-colored glasses at the beginning of a relationship. And, yes, yeah. there may be terrible things going on, but you're so, you know, stricken Enamored with them, hormones yeah. and, you know, lust that you overlook the the things that, you know, would be red flags or, or obstacles because you just want them to be what you want them to be, which is, the, which is leading to the I want to change him thing. Because it's not so much a, a conscious thing, I think, in the beginning. It's, but as, as she's getting into the relationship, she may realize, oh, crap, he is a jackass. I've got to change that part and make him the thing I thought he was in the beginning of the relationship. I guess I'm thinking she's not thinking long term with him. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't feel that way. She's not going to have time for him in, in, like, two episodes, so... Right. <laughs> but she's, right. she's so into him. Uh, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, but, right. I'm just, check, I'm just but, checking if, in. Until she gets it, then she'll... Gets him, she'll mm-hmm. realize... Yeah, but Derek's there, so it's not going to happen. Right, right. so let, let's talk about the Derek power play. That was yeah. awesome. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I it was knew you would hilarious. think so. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it was a little out of line because they aren't dating, but I I like the power play only because I think Jimmy is such a jerk and sometimes <laughs> needs to be put into his place. And even though Derek kind of worked Karen and I'm not very much for that, I thought it was really funny because it did put, made Jimmy see... Mm-hmm. I'm the guy in charge here. Mm-hmm. I hold yeah. all the cards. You should be lucky to have me, and don't you dare think otherwise. Yeah. Any other opinions on Derek stepping in? <laughs> I think it was great. It was. A, I think it was. It was a, a mistake to say it the way he did because all it did was just make Jimmy go crazy. He should have said, "Look, we're working now. 
None, right, no, 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 let's no. keep it professional. Yeah. Absolutely. And then he but, would go behind how, his back. That's no fun. So you yeah. got so, <laughs> so you got Derek has to overstep and you yeah. know say something he shouldn't say because now Jimmy is just going to be pissed or he's going to try to you know uh, go against that or prove him wrong or do all kinds right. of things because that's. A guy like Jimmy, you can't tell him not to do something because then he's just going to do it. He just yeah. wants to wonder, push his buttons. I wonder yeah. what would have happened if A, Karen had seen that conversation or yes. B, even Ooh, Anna maybe had seen that, that conversation. Because now Anna's feeling a little bit oh, She's I feeling slighted. Yeah. Sure. She's I, just a sister. If that yeah. had happened, I don't think Karen would have um, really... She wouldn't have said anything she might have just made like a weird look on her face like oh oh goodness (laughs) (laughs) and we definitely want to hear what all you fans think so definitely go to iTunes go there rate and comment ask us questions say if you agree or disagree do you think Karen should be with Jimmy or Derek also tell a friend it only takes a minute and also you can go on YouTube and we read all the comments and we do I actually have a couple that I want to talk about Um, Anna Carreno said uh, I think Derek is slowly finally realizing his feelings for Karen and he's doing all the hit less stuff for her mm-hmm. not because he wants you know he wants a new show not because or he really something. believes in it right goes, oh interesting I agree with the realizing but I think it's quickly realizing mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that it's, yeah but then again yeah. he was still going to do it mm-hmm. um, even before she said okay I'm leaving bombshell and I'm going to be on hit list right but do you think he thought that maybe he could convince her to come on to hit list but, uh, Derek? Derek, yeah. Mm. yeah. Once he, he went there knowing also that Karen was sad that she couldn't be a part of it, maybe he thought, well, if I'm over here now, I, I think can Derek get started. Thinks, yeah, I think Derek thinks he can do anything he wants. <laughs> so, yeah, my answer is yes to he that. He has a British accent. He can pretty much yeah. <laughs> um, Also, the same poster said, Derek is a million times better for Karen than Jimmy. How can Karen fall for a blank like him <laughs> is beyond me. So, John, there are sensible Thank women you. out there who agree with you. Praise um, the Lord. Another another comment was from Lala Laura saying, interesting how you mentioned that Karen is Derek's muse. Ivy is obviously Tom's muse. And she says, my prediction is that Karen and Ivy will toe-to-toe with, with each other again, just on different shows. And mm. we can talk about what I think about that in predictions. I think. But oh, I'm not going to talk right, about right. that now. <laughs> um, she'll move to the hit list and Ivy will return to Bombshell. With Tom as the director, you know he'll want Ivy back. He's always been her biggest fan. So, La La Laura predicted what happened in tonight's episode. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one other thing that we got from iTunes and iTunes comment was and this this came in a couple weeks ago and I just it just kept falling to the bottom of the list and we didn't get to it. Um, last season, at the end, Karen was sick and throwing up. Do we mm. think, they were asking us, do we think the writers were leaving a door open for her to be pregnant after the affair? But then when the storyline was dropped, it wasn't mentioned ever, ever again. And what did we Ooh. think of that? Interesting. They tend to bring up and drop storylines on yeah. this show a bit. So I would absolutely support that concept, I think, for sure. So anyway, if you have comments <laughs> and uh, would like to have us discuss them, let us know about them in the comments section. All right, let's move on to Bombshell. So at the end of of the Hit List show, there was a standing ovation. Everything was amazing. Um, and, and all is well because Bombshell, ha- through this episode, has been through 
a little bit of a laundry, a yeah. dryer cycle. Mm-hmm. So what we what we started with was Thomas, the director, doing a terrible job as the director and giving <gasps> line readings. Yeah. John, you and I, I, I know I didn't see okay. you, but I could feel you cringing wherever yeah. you yeah, were. Exactly. Um, Sarah, you were asking, what is, what is yeah, that? What did he I, do? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and the we stopped it and went back because the act, the dancers who were reacting, one of them said, did he just give her a line? Or she said, did he just give her a line rating? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's just one of those things that's taboo. You never yeah, you do that as a director. Because, John, explain why. Well, you, a number of reasons. One, uh, really, you want the actor to find it. So, you, you, if you're directing, you direct the actor to find what you're looking for rather than to tell them. So, because if you tell them, then the only thing they can think of is how you did it, and it doesn't come off as, uh, off as authentic. Right. Mm. They so just hear your that's voice what's in, in their, their head. head. So, rather than being in the moment, they're going, "Okay, now how did he do it again? Or how did she want me to do it?" So they're never present. And so it never works to give a line reading, or it doesn't work very well. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so and the other thing is, if the actor is able to find it organically, they will never forget it because it came from them, and it's it's much easier and and, and uh, represents itself better and is better received to the from the audience. And um, on a more surface level, what we saw was everybody knows you're never supposed to give line readings. Yeah, and, and it, so it made it's him, just a major it insult. It made him look like a novice, it and and it's look, an insult yeah, exactly. to the. Um, yeah. To oh, the actors. Exactly. It made him look like... It also shows that you don't really respect, respect. your actor right. to know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So it also shows you don't know how to direct. It just shows so many things. Especially when he's the new guy and Karen's yeah. been there for a long time. Yeah, so. And implausible flag. I can't believe Tom didn't know that. Yeah, that was He would of, never have yeah, done yeah, that. Exactly. Not not the Tom we but know then, and love. Not, not if you're on Broadway. You pretty much... You, yeah. You, you I would. think that's when... I think Julia said he was just nervous. And yes. Yeah. So I could see that. Well, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. I'll give you that one. I'll take back the... <laughs> no, I, I, I could Sorry. see that. I could, I could see that if he was nervous, but I couldn't see him not going, oh my God, what did I just do? Because after you're not nervous and you think about it... I, I would think that you would but say. I've never done did. anything like he that. He did in bringing flowers to. Yeah, but I, I, I just felt like I wanted to see him do that. I didn't get to see him. Uh, they, they took that moment away from me. I wanted to see him realize, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. And they didn't, they right. didn't show that moment. Because we didn't even know that he knew he was doing anything exactly. wrong yeah. until Correct. he had the flowers Correct. waiting for her other Because to me, it looked like he was just saying, look, we're not getting together. Uh, let's just, let me just try to you know, smooth it over. It doesn't show me that he actually knows that he was, what he was doing was not the best in that specific right. point. Right. Mm-hmm. Eileen comes along and we're we're realizing Eileen and Julia are realizing that that bombshell is a big disaster. <laughs> we can we can't use the choreography that Derek had commissioned. Uh, he didn't do no. He didn't do no, he the choreography, choreography, right? Okay, but he owned the choreography, so they couldn't do that. And and it turns out it looks like Jerry is really is sabotaging Bombshell, um, for either either because he wants it to go down and ruin Eileen, or he's trying to make it bad so that Derek will want to come back. Whatever reason it is that Jerry's. Uh, throwing these problems into the show. But, by the way, does anybody have an opinion on that, well, about he, what you think it well, is? Well, the fact that he approached Derek and said, hey, look, bombshell's yours, you want to come back. So right. I, I think he really does want him to come back. I think he wants to make the, mo- the show, show that he wants to make. Right. And, uh, if, and hurting Aline or keeping her to the sideline in the process really suits him. Yeah, he wants to Good see the, sh- the show go up. He even said how much he loved it, and that yeah. was part of the whole plan to, to get it over was it was something he wanted and 
and also to take away from Eileen, obviously, and that's, I think, another reason besides his daughter making the comment she did at the end was also he wanted this show to go on because it was such a great show, and as a producer, you'd hate to take something from Broadway on top of that. I think it mostly had to do with her walking out the end where you hurt uh, both of us for the last time, you know, when Katie said that to him. But Mm -hmm. I think it was also he did want to see it succeed. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I know there was comments in the room about the moment where... Katie, Eileen, and Julia were looking for documents, looking for dirt on Jimmy. Anybody? Yeah. Anyone? Jerry. I mean, Jerry, rather. Jerry, thank you. Anybody, <laughs> anybody besides me want to throw the implausible flag? Yeah. I just, I just thought, well, I was like, well, that was quick. Because Julie, Julia literally just walked in the room. She picked up the first set of papers that was sitting on the box. And it just happened to be their silver bullet yeah. that's going to bring Jerry down. I mean, and, there may I mean, have been things that were happening before right. we arrived yeah. at that scene. Well, I mean, it doesn't make for great TV to, to watch, watch people, people going through boxes and everything. So I understand right. that part. But it would have been nice to see them all harried and just like, oh, my God, how Exhausted. long has this been taken? Yeah, right. exactly. Something like that. Instead just, of talking about yeah, it. There was yeah, like having a nice glass of wine. <laughs> right. I, I did um, find it interesting, though, that they included... Um, uh, Eileen and her daughter yeah. rummaging through old photos and mm-hmm. memories of when Jerry and Eileen were cordial to each other and when they still had a loving marriage yeah. together. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, it, it gives you insight as to why the emotions are so deep within them, why they've got this feud that's still going on. It's because yeah. there was a lot of love there yes. before. Yeah, I think they felt that was more important to show than the rummaging. Yeah. yeah. So that's maybe why. And haven't I? I don't know. When I was watching, I used to work in the media center uh, where I where I do now. Um, when I first started, and you had to find tapes for people, and yeah. I always felt like sometimes I could look for a tape, you know, yeah. fourteen times in one shelf, and like the supervisor would come over when I find it. I cannot find this tape, and they just walk over and like there pull it, it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just go really. I spent twenty five <laughs> minutes looking on this shelf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah, because that, that that happens a lot. That would have mm-hmm. been interesting, or at least funny. Well, it's yeah. one of because the things... I agree with Kendra. I mean, they, you know, they, they could have easily done that. But they could have done both. Right, They could have exactly. reminisced and been harried. They could have had the whole thing been a much more interesting scene. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the one of the credos in, in screenwriting of any kind is show me, don't tell me. And so when you just keep talking about it, it comes off as insincere and the audience doesn't buy it as well mm-hmm. as if they had shown them, mm-hmm. you know... While they were reminiscing, I mean... Exactly. And I, and I felt like it would have been much satisfying, or much more satisfying for me at least, for like Eileen to have found it. Because uh, yes. she's, that's what she's been trying to do this whole yes. time blood, sweat, and tears. And <laughs> Julia just walks up and, yeah. <laughs> and finds it right away. There it is. And, yeah. in, and in a way, it makes Eileen look like she's incompetent. Well, especially because when they talk, when she said something about, wait, you bought the whole Maryland estate, she goes, Oh yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. And, her, and then Julia and Ka- uh, Katie yeah. exchange looks like, oh, let's explain it to Eileen. You have to explain it to Eileen. She's she's the producer, and you have to explain it to her. Right. Come on, Eileen. She's so caught up in that. Ah, that's been going Eileen. on in my head all night. <laughs> now you've just cemented it for so me. Sorry, no, she's been so caught up with. Is it Nick? Yes, and, and, and his jail sentence yeah, and all so of that. She's all emotional and looking. You are so kind to these she people. She is kind. <laughs> Thank you. Full explanation, <laughs> and, and, and I just trashed them. Okay. <laughs> no, anyway. Well, and, and ultimately, what happens in the end is um, Karen quits Bombshell. Ivy gets released from liaisons. <laughs> 
and John just went like this, hand slapping, throwing in the air. Everything's perfect. It's all just fine. No oui. problems from here on out. Um, and and I really liked. I thought it was. You I know, mean, I would love to hear your guys' opinion, but I thought it was really pretty courageous for Karen to say, I'm going to walk away from a major Broadway possible flop, but possible (laughs) really good show and join an 80 seat, you know, little startup company Mm. to put it in other terms um, and, you know, and see where the chips fall. I mean, I know people make decisions like that all the time based on, you know, their heart versus their head and, and, and that sort of thing. But Ooh, that was a big, big risk for her to take. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? She didn't even deliberate, though, right after. It was, you know, she was experiencing the chemistry, really, that Tom and Ivy have always right. had. Yes. And she was just reminded, like, of their vision in the beginning yes. before Karen became Marilyn. And, and um, I mean, yes, that could have been strong enough to for her to make that decision, but I feel like it would have been more realistic for her to like go home and like you see her really devastated about conflicted. it, conflicted, yeah, exactly. and it's a, it's a big conflict. Yeah. yeah, instead of just saying like, you know what? Yeah, I see your chemistry. It was yeah, right it was almost it was almost too easy. It was like yeah. w- w- you know, because and Thomas, well, you're a class act. I mean, it was almost it was done so quickly, so easy. Her, and I'm right. going. You know, and I just wanted to see more she, drama. And then she mm-hmm. finds Derek on the street right next yeah, to her. Like, <laughs> something like, and they, then they says, have a GPS for each other. Or right. <laughs> tracker hard. on their phone. A cell phone tracker. <laughs> a low jack. Exactly. Soul connection. <laughs> and I don't know. I thought she felt, you could see she was maybe trying to think of a way out. You know, she had drinks with Derek and was kind of talking about how unhappy she was. And I just think maybe all of that built and that was the last you know, straw, so not straw yeah. in terms of that, but um, just that was the last moment that that kind of it. it but the light ball went off. But this is her this is her Broadway debut starring on right. Broadway. And and I agree that it may be the last straw. But I again, I didn't get to see those moments of conflict where she's going. Yes, yeah, she had a conversation, but it was like, you know, well, you know, the it, uh, meh. it's the man. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, John, because you're a writer. Right. Is it possible, though, to to cover all this ground in a one hour show with all these characters and all these conflicts to do the things that we're talking about? Well, in we a just show discussed like that. I mean, the, the fact that in the scene where they're looking for the things uh, and in reminiscing, you could do that in a much more active way and get those things across. Still have the moment that you want that Kendra was talking about, which could really. Uh, that you want that emotional moment between mom and daughter, but you can still have the activity going on. And the, the, she had a conversation with um, Derek. I'm sorry, Karen had a conversation with Derek in a bar about how things. And it was played very this one kind of simple, kind of middle of the road kind of scene. And I'm going, what? Why? Mm-hmm. You're talking about Broadway. This is high stakes. I'm, a, you know. And she sees this. She sees Tom having this interchange with Ivy, and Karen kind of goes, mm, wow. And it's played at about a four. Mm-hmm. And this is right. her dream. Right. Right. And her dream's at a four. Well, th- and her dream was so much more clear in season one when yeah. she had Dev to talk to about it. You know, right. when, where she was she was trying to get the job and trying to, to get people to see her and believe in her as a nobody from Kansas. You know, her, her, her dream was much more visible to us at that time. What were you going to say here? I was just going to say, I mean, she knows Derek's on hit list already. She's kind of in love with the guy for whatever reason. And <laughs> they have this this backing of Scott, who she whom she met right. a couple episodes ago. So, 
I don't think it was that drastic because if it does well on the main stage, who knows? I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping to see them both open on the same night and maybe have well, to fight for the Tony eventually. But, but uh, <laughs> then I must be missing something because you go from Broadway stage to 80 theaters, 80 seats. No, but they're not on the 80 seats one. That's the main stage. No, 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 no. The, the 80 seat was the de- was, was the part. underground. So even, even, right. But even still, I mean, it's but at that point they didn't know that they would get the main stage. But yeah, even she, still, she the main stage up. is not Broadway. But, but is what you're thing, saying. She gave it up before she even did that. That's thing. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. She gave but it maybe, up before that. Maybe it was as simple as she's running out of steam. Like maybe the dream has been. Well, that's great. But the fact that we're having a discussion about we don't know exactly where she was tells me right there that they didn't show really what was going on with her. Right. Because otherwise we would we would. We wouldn't have so many differing opinions. Mm-hmm. True. It would have been much more clear. And for me, I wanted to know what the heck was going on. Why would she make that decision? And what was the thought process? What was she thinking? But maybe that's what makes for the discussion. Otherwise, we'd be sitting here agreeing with each other. Yeah, it makes a great <laughs> discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. It makes great discussion. But it does, I, for me, it doesn't make Good great TV. TV. I agree. Yeah. Well, the name of the episode it was <laughs> musical chairs, so it was a lot of of people moving around, concept or you know, directors changing chairs and actors changing chairs and uh, actors falling off of swings. Actors <laughs> falling off of swings. So you know, they uh, they at least accomplished that. Indeed, it was about musical chairs. Any other comments for anybody on the show on the episode tonight, or should we move on to news and gossip? After Buzz TV News. I think we should. This just in. <laughs> well, not just in, but <laughs> you're hearing it here. Um, Deborah Messing has been tweeting. Yes, she has. And uh, thank you, Tamara, for letting <laughs> letting us know. Um, starting March 7th, uh, Deborah Messing was tweeting, uh, quote, emotional day, hashtag smash, wraps season two tomorrow. And then the next day, she said, closing another chapter, thank you, hashtag smash. Mm. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> March 14th, she said, uh, she posted a quote, Every Exit is an Entry Somewhere Else by Tom Stoppard. So, question mark as to whether a season three will exist? Yeah, I think um, it's hint. a strong hint, exactly. I think it's not a not very well disguised. Um, yeah, especially since they're moving it to Saturdays yeah, in yeah. April. Right. So that's our, our next news announcement. Um, Smash, starting April 6th, will be airing on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. No longer Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, I, and I was thinking, and it doesn't say this, but this could be their way of like slowly easing it away from air. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be on a weekend now rather mm-hmm. than a weekday. Night. Right. Now, the other part of that, though, is that they're starting from episode one. And they're going to re-air a bunch of the episodes up to that point. Is that is that true? Is That's what I um, saw. You know, I've been seeing different oh, you have? reports. Okay. Like, uh, I'm taking a look at a Huffington Post article right now, and it says... It will finish out its second season. So to me, I interpret that as finishing out the rest of it. Oh, because I read somewhere that they were going to be re-airing the original episode mm-hmm. or the episodes that we had already seen, which, you know, to my mind is maybe it's their last gasp at finding their audience again mm-hmm. and, you know, and re- rebooting the series and maybe trying to get up to the main stage. But it also could be, actually, sorry thinking about the the last tweet it's possible is it plausible that um, <laughs> maybe Deborah Messing is leaving but maybe they're gonna 
switch up mm. characters. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's Thursday possible season. as well. If it does well on Saturdays, I guess. Right. Right. The know. ratings are just so bad right now. It yeah. just continues to dip down. Because what's on Saturdays now in that slot? I'm not sure, you know? actually, no. So, yeah, I feel like Saturdays is is not like, usually a good place unless it's Saturday Night Live, and <laughs> that's about it. Right. Actually, it might be right before that. Probably. It's on NBC. Oh, yeah. 10 good point. 11, and 11 is SNL, right? Yes, 1130. 1130. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sorry. this is going to be uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on Saturday nights. Oh. Okay. Oh, All right. nine Eastern? Yeah. Uh, six o'clock. Well, it'll no, it'll air nine, nine o'clock sure. here as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, any other news? <laughs> Eight o'clock, yeah, Central. Shall right. we, um, it's just so sad if it does happen because I feel like we all had very high hopes for this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I still enjoy it. There I do are, too. There are some things, you know, that we don't agree with, but still overall, I, I, I enjoy watching the show every week and for it to be over yeah. makes me sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Me too. <laughs> Let's move on to predictions, shall we? Since our news music fell away, so I guess that means we're moving on to predictions. We still have, I believe, 10 episodes. I mean, we're not even halfway through the season yet. 10? So I believe that's right, because I was, I, I read that there were 16 or 17 episodes um, coming up with the, the finale being titled, because a lot of them between here and there are not titled, but the f- finale is called The Tonys, which I think we've talked about before. So <laughs> I said there that goes your pred- Yeah, there's my prediction. Yeah, yeah. It the exactly. It's best The Tonys. Actress. It's going to be a showdown for Best Actress. And Best Hitler. And and Bombshell are both going to be big, giant hits. And we will leave the series being very sad at the end. (laughs) And winning the Tony for Best Musical credits. (laughs) (laughs) Then the show gets canceled. I think think they have to split the vote where it might be Ivy gets Best Actress, but Hitless gets Best Musical. And then you have best director oh, too, yes. Derek and Tom. And then Tom gets it. Yeah, let's just hope that Jimmy doesn't get best writer. <laughs> no, right. Or best musical <laughs> score. Oh, I actually or, made a note about Jimmy that he was not dressed up at the gala, and I was like, really, just wear a suit, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. He tried for his budget. You can't go. You can't go date and Karen when she's wearing that spangly, pretty dress if you're wearing jeans and a exactly. flannel or whatever it was. <laughs> Any other predictions, ladies? I think the tables may turn with. Karen and Ivy where Karen was a little she had the upper hand for some time and now in this episode she seemed like she was concerned for Ivy's feelings a few times and uh, I don't know how that's going to pan out. So the power struggle will will change hands perhaps I I predict a Karen Derek kiss coming in front of Jimmy good one. (laughs) Not on the cheek this time right? No No, indeed (laughs) any predictions John? Uh, Well Based on how Tom was showing Karen how to do Marilyn, yes, I think he's going to step into the role. Is he? He's going to understudy for her. <laughs> she's yes. going to fall away, exactly. and he's going to debut on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As Marilyn. Okay, implausible flag. Kristen, <laughs> where can we find you in the world? You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Carroll thirteen. Kendra, how about you? At Kendra Cavasel. And Miss Sarah, you can find me at Sarah with an H Mendoza. Uh, Stephen, I believe you are on the Twitter. 
Yeah, yes. you can find me at Stephen Lemieux or After Buzz every day of my life. Every day of your life. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tamara Berg. And do tweet us questions and comments if you have anything that we'd like to include. Don't forget to follow Leslie Odom Jr. Take a look at his Kickstarter campaign. John, can, we can't find you anywhere, can we? No. We can find you right on here. <laughs> You're doing House of Cards for After Buzz House of Cards. and also Justified, Justified with me. So we'll we'll find you in those places. Um, I guess that's it for us this week. Uh, oh, you can find me at Tamara Berg on Twitter. Did I say that already? I can't no. even remember. It's, <laughs> it's late and we've gone over an hour. Thank you for sticking with us and we will see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 